Welcome to Follow the Sound. I am your host, Brian Crowley. Each and every week, we explore different aspects of the world of music. Although I just realized that's a lie since we've pretty much taken the last couple of months off and have not produced anything. But uh, we, we, we've been here in spirit, I guess. Either way, uh, we do explore the world of music, including album reviews, concert reviews, and what we are bringing you today, this week in music history. And today we are doing November 19th through the 23rd. Uh, along with me, as always, is, of course, Jacob Crumb. Other arms reach out to me. Other eyes smile tenderly. Oh, sweet Brian, no peace I find. That is true. That is very true. Either way, Jake, how you been? Acceptable. Acceptable. I will take it. That is quite good. Uh, but yes, we are doing this week in music history and, uh, I feel that we've got some good stuff together because Jake here is, is a fabulous note maker. And so, uh, he's got a ton of great stuff that he's put together for this episode. And I am quite happy because frankly, I was super busy today and I didn't have a chance to put anything together. So yeah, thanks Jake. You're welcome. Good job. So, uh, Yes. We have ourselves some fun stuff to get into. Before we do, though, please find us on all of our social media groups. Uh, at Facebook, you can find us at the Follow the Sound Facebook group. Always willing to interact on that and get some, some stuff on there. You can find us on Twitter at iFollowTheSound, or you can just email us at uh, info at uh, followthesoundpodcast.com. Also, uh, if you go to our website at followthesoundpodcast.com, see that Amazon banner on the right-hand side, click on that sucker, and then it'll take you to Amazon. From there, you can do all of your normal shopping, and uh, it will not cost you anything extra to go through there, just a couple seconds of your time, but we get a percentage of everything that you purchase from Amazon. It's very simple, very easy, and it won't cost you anything extra. So please do that, or you can go to followthesoundpodcast.com slash Amazon. They both work. They both work. So, Jake, what do we got today? We're going to start with November 19th. Yes, November 19th. Oh, okay, I'll do the first one then, okay? Okay. I got the first one. 1905 band leader Tommy Dorsey is born in Shenandoah, Pennsylvania. Yes. Ever been to Shenandoah? No. I've Not. never driven through Shenandoah. I've never thought about stopping in Shenandoah. So no. So uh, for me though, uh, I, the only reason why I know Shenandoah is because of the song. Yeah. And then, um, and then the battle of Shenandoah from the Civil War. And now Tommy Dorsey. And now Tommy Dorsey. Yeah. Do you have a favorite uh, Tommy Dorsey piece? I can't say that I do. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I, I bet if you tried it, they won. It would be a Glenn Miller song. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. All right, but yeah, that's that's all I got. Tommy Dorsey, born in Shenandoah, Pennsylvania. Okay, 1927. Singer and actual postman, Alan Smethurst. <laughs> no, <laughs> known more commonly as the singing postman, is born in Walshaw, Lancashire, England. I had a gal, we night gal, down in Oxham Way. She walked holy night to me back in the old school days. She would smile all the while, but daddy didn't know all. 
What she used to say to me behind the garden wall Have you got a light, boy? Have you got a light? Then one day she went away, I don't see her no more There you go, the singing postman That was nice, that was pleasant I mm-hmm. had no idea what he was actually saying for the most part Oh yeah? Yeah, yeah. The song is about uh, it, it 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 lays out a story of courtship gotcha. that involves the bride to be uh, as a heavy chain smoker. Oh, interesting! And it's he kind of he had the he came out with that in '66, and then had a few other like novelty song hits, and then got drunk, spent all his money, uh, got fired from being a postman. And then retired into like a Salvation Army. Uh, well, uh, I don't know what they like, call them in in the UK. I'm pretty sure they have the Salvation Army in the UK. They but, do, but, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what the centers or whatever that they yeah, have. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're called over there either. Yeah, I don't know if they call them apartments or what, but either way. Yeah, either way, flats. Yeah, flat. <laughs> Uh yeah, but no, I like that though. That it was nice and pleasant, and he seems like a like somebody I should probably listen to a little bit more, other than just the you know forty second clip we just played. But let's go ahead and move on to the news from November nineteenth. We have in nineteen ninety four Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers play "You Don't Know How It Feels" and "Honeybee" on Saturday Night Live with Dave Grohl of Nirvana fame on the drums and he actually considers joining the band full time i would argue dave Grohl of dave Grohl fame yeah but this was 94 well you're right so this would have been like just after you know so i mean he wasn't famous at that point other than hey that's the drummer of nirvana (laughs) so yeah yeah how do you think that would have uh panned out him playing with tom petty how long do you think he would have stayed oh a couple years maybe yeah yeah, I don't think he would have stuck around like forever, uh, just because like I know the kind of drummer that he is, and I don't think that he would necessarily be satisfied by playing Tom Petty music the entire time. I mean, I'm not saying that he wouldn't even be able to go out and do his own thing and do other stuff, but uh, I don't know. I think that the fact that the 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 way it played out has turned out pretty darn well for Dave Grohl and the rest of the music world. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue that. The Foo Fighters aren't like one of the best bands to to come out like in the last twenty plus years. So, and the only highlight of rock and roll in the, for the last what fifteen? Probably. Nah, I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily that, but they are definitely like the the rock royalty of this of this decade. So I'm just saying, like rock is dead and the Foo Fighters is not dead. The Foo Fighters are the only argument that it's not rock is not dead. I'm sorry, but it's, it is not the case. Uh, there are plenty of new bands that are coming up that are, are actually kicking butt and taking names. Uh, and, and I listen to those heck man. I don't even know why people are giving so much crap to Greta Von Fleet. Cause Greta Von Fleet's freaking amazing. Like, and they are a top notch rock band for, for being as young as they are. It's like, Oh, it's like, oh, they, they sound like Zeppelin. So what? It's like, how many bands do you know sound like Zeppelin? Like, none. Even the cover bands that try to sound like Zeppelin don't sound like Zeppelin. It's like Greta Van Fleet comes out of freaking nowhere sounding like that on their first try. And it's like, okay, all right. It's like, yeah, these guys have something special. 
let them go. Let them do their thing. If they've got some popularity right now, that means they'll make another album. Maybe on the next album they won't sound as much. That being said, I also think that the lead singer Greta Van Fleet sounds like a combination of uh, of Robert Plant and Getty Lee from Rush. Yeah, I'm aware of what I Getty was just. Lee I, does. I know you know who Getty okay. Lee. I don't know if everybody else knows who Getty Lee is. You listen to some of the other songs that they do, and he's definitely got that higher tone that that Getty Lee has when uh, you know when singing. It's not just Robert Plant the entire time. Like it's it's a weird combination of those two bands. Now, if they played more music like Rush, as well as music like Zeppelin. That, like in combination, I think that they they'd start going off in a much cooler direction. All right, so we've we talk- sidetracked. Yes, yeah, we've talked about uh, a group that rock bo- is not dead that belongs in rock royalty. Yes, we've talked about young upcomers. Yes, and now let's talk about the posers that don't deserve the position that they have. Yeah, god dang it! Nineteen ninety eight, Motley Crue fans are able to fulfill all their fashion wishes when the band's new local store. S. Crew opens at 70, 7201 Melrose Place. Or, excuse me, Melrose Avenue. Avenue. Yeah. Melrose Place was the show. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the store starts, uh, it, they started a merchandise store. It was open for like two years. And then sometime around 2003, they turned it into like an online retailer. And that's now defunct, as well as Vince Neal's Tattoo Shop, which Makes was sense. called Vince Neal's Inc. <laughs> that's funny yeah uh i'll okay so here's the thing about that that tattoo shop i'm kind of i like i'm sort of split right down the middle yeah of hating it because he filled it i've never seen someone fill their own place with such like self-aggrandizing bullshit <laughs> you know yeah. like the whole storefront of it was like all his like oh this is my jacket i wore on this tour and shit right and it just it it's it's like it's Vince fucking Neil. You're 54 and you're still bleaching your hair. Yeah. You know? All right. But, but he also had pole dancers in this, at like at the storefront. Interesting. Pretty much every night because it's Vegas. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? You can't. There's like a law that you kind of can't not do that, right? Yeah, I guess so. I think unless you're a church or a chapel, you're required to have pole dancers. <laughs> Sometimes even churches and chapels. Chapels, right? You know. But uh. Man, I got to say, like, I'm one of those people that, like, I hear people talk about Motley Crue, and I'm just like, you mean that, like, cut-rate hair metal band? I'm sorry, but I just don't care about them whatsoever. I mean, if if they're just, uh, I mean, they, they just do their, their thing, but they're just so not good compared to other hair metal bands. I'm just saying. Yeah, man, compared to the Scorpions, I mean, they can't. They got nothing. I mean, like even the even the Scorpions are like, you know, they're I don't know. They they've got their own issues, but for some reason I list, every time I listen to a Motley Crue song, I'm like, "Uh, eh, whatever." I feel that way about all 80s hair metal or all hair metal. I get I can you, understand okay, that. When the best band in that genre is a parody of that genre that happened 25 years later, Steel Panther, Oh yeah, <laughs> there's a problem. So uh, uh, the 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 most hair metal band that I like out of out of that didn't come from that that either. It came from the movie Rockstar, uh, Steel Dragon. Steel Dragon. Oh God. Steel Dragon's the only one I actually like anymore. I mean, there's other ones too. Like there are some European rockers mm-hmm. uh, of the age that were freaking amazing. 
But yeah, no, for the most part, the hair metal bands that came out in America, I'm just like, ah, whatever. I don't care about you anymore. Anyhow, I actually I found art- some articles that were written about this, like when it happened. Yeah. And there were a lot of people pissed because they're like, the merchandise in there is just shit. Like, it's bad. Apparently, like, Butley Crew for years had been just, like, saving tour posters and ticket stubs and just stupid stuff. Like, oh, we're going to we're gonna pull a kiss and, like, auction this off and sell it later. <laughs> and, every, and everyone was like, how about just have a quality T-shirt? Yeah. Either way. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, the merch thing for bands is, is an interesting thing in general because there are – you expect certain things. You expect the poster. You expect the T-shirts. You expect the hoodies. And, and like that kind of stuff. I'm more so fascinated when a band shows up and they've got something really off the wall. Uh, like I was like when they've got like a pin set, you know, it's like, like four pins of something involving the band. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. But I got to say that uh, recently I went to Kansas City to see two bands, uh, uh, Sure Sure and Will Dorado. We talked about it on the previous uh, episode. And... Uh, I was looking at the merch for Wilderado, and I noticed that they have uh, leather stuff, like handcrafted leather stuff from the guitar player whose hobby is leather work. And so he's got like lighter sleeves, mm-hmm. like for the Bic lighters. And I even bought, I bought a keychain from it, and it's like a keychain with a little leather thing on it with Wilderado like stamped into the leather. On, on the side of it. I was like, that's actually one of the coolest things. And not to mention, when I went up there and I tried to buy one, they didn't have one. And now it's just like, I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, give me five minutes. And then I see him back there. The dude literally put together a leather keychain in five minutes. Like, get all the stuff, stitching it through and all of that. It's like, and then he bit off the, the ex- and ex- extended part of the rope. That man's DNA is on that thing. <laughs> And I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, respect on the hustle there. Bill there Dorado. you go. Respect Not to mention, hustle. it is a fantastic band. I mean, it is truly an incredible band, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what else they come up, up uh, come out with next. All right, moving on to 2002, because if not, we're going to get stuck here and we're going to take forever to do this episode. Uh, While greeting fans from the fifth floor hotel balcony in Berlin, Michael Jackson shocks onlookers by dangling his new son... Prince Michael II over the side of the railing. I remember this. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't it seem so tame now? It's like such a mild thing. I know, right? People like, were just. How dare he? And I was like, you look at it. He, there was no way he was going to drop that kid. Okay. I'm sorry. Right. Like now if he'd like had the kid and like deliberately dropped him, then it might be crazier. But, uh, you know, he, there was no way he was going to drop that kid. I don't know why anybody was really that shocked about it. So, I mean, he had a death grip on him. Well, I mean, you are also leaving the fact out that he had a towel over the kid's head. Yeah, there was that, too. But and, he did that weird and stuff anyway. he was wearing his own, like, bandit mask. Yeah. Like, neckerchief over his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Well, he always hit his face anyway. Right. Well, uh, what I'm saying, what I'm getting at is it, it's weirder than... We're letting on, but it's still tame. Yeah, you know. By anyhow, I, I am kind of happy though that uh, like his uh, his children are are seem to be doing okay right now. I'm happy with that. I guess I've paid no attention. 
They, uh, yeah, Paris has been doing a bunch of stuff with, um, uh, she's been doing a lot of modeling and stuff like that recently. Uh, Michael has not been uh, doing a whole ton of stuff, but Prince Michael has been going out and getting some stuff done recently. I know that much. I mean, all in all, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing okay. Like so far they haven't really made any attempts to uh, like any massive attempts to break into the music industry, which is something I'm happy about. So, cause I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't even dare try. I was like, if I was the son of some like of, of a music person on that level, like if I was Paul McCartney's kid, I wouldn't have even tried to go into music. I'd have been like, nope, forget you. I'm not even I'm not even remotely trying. But you know, his son totally did it. With Lennon's kids, it was a little bit different because he died. And so because he died, then the other kids could be like, okay, now I could do something to honor him. Paul McCartney's still kicking and going strong. So I mean it's not like his son needs to I mean, is he? Yeah, he's no, he's still he's I still mean, going it, strong. I don't know. That song he did with Kanye was pretty weak. It was well, sauce. That was a Kanye song, but I mean, Kanye still got it. Yeah, he's okay. Uh, but no, I mean, if you've ever seen, you've never, well, you've never seen Paul McCartney like in concert, have you? So. No, I'm not going to pay those prices. No, Are you kidding of course me? not. No. Are you kidding well, me? Well, I didn't pay for it last time. So I know. I got it. Got right. my connection. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. So yeah, as far as the, the pricing goes, but at the same time, that dude still puts on like a like a two hour plus show that's actually really good and he can still sing exceptionally well it's not worth super bowl prices anyhow true true next speaking day. of kanye 2016 at his sacramento stop on the saint pablo tour kanye west played three songs had a 17 minute rantalogue and then rode the stage for 15 minutes until he could walk off it yep i remember that you remember i yeah. remember that because uh, shortly thereafter, I ended up seeing him in concert in Vegas, and he totally went on like another 10-minute rant about how much of a uh, genius he was, not in the music industry, mind okay. you, yeah. but in, in the fashion industry. And then he said, my beautiful wife is here, and it's her birthday. And then he went on with the show. Okay, that's that's lovely. Yeah, no, this one started out with the radio is bullshit. Oh, yeah? And then he's like, I don't mean the people who work in radio. I mean the fact that you have to pay to get your shit on the radio is bullshit. When there's motherfuckers on YouTube. Yeah. He didn't say motherfuckers. I don't know why I threw that in there. I just did. I, You know what it was? I started out as Kanye, and then I went to uh, Cat Williams. <laughs> I ended a cat. That's that was the problem. It turned to Cat Williams, oh, and then he he ended it with some Trump speech. Of course right? he did. And then, bec on that tour, they had that stage that floated above the crowd. Yeah. Well, he he played three songs. So he rode the stage all the way to one end of the auditorium, and then stood in silence, like a stone cold soldier, statuesque. Riding the stage all the way back to where his stairs were, so he could leave. Nice. You got to give it up to Kanye. That man does whatever he wants, so I mean, there's no stopping him. He's a true artist. All right, November twentieth. Let's see what do we got for birthdays. Ooh, 1942. Norman Greenbaum. Greenbaum is is born in Maiden, Massachusetts. Yeah. Storm and Norman? Yeah, wait, is that the dude who did uh uh 
Did he actually? He did Spirit in the Sky, right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. That's right. And then he wrote like three songs about milk. <laughs> That's crazy. Like seriously, there's one about chocolate milk, and then there's another one I think called Milk Cow. And I'm pretty sure that there's a third Norman Milk song out there. Got, I got to find that. Dude likes milk. Got to find those. Got to listen to those. They're musical genius right there in milk music form. Next. All right. 1946, Dwayne Allman of the Allman Brothers Band is born in Nashville, Tennessee. I forget all the time that he was in Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah, he was in Derek and the Dominoes for a good bit. But I definitely remember him more so from the Allman Brothers. Right. I mean, that's just, that's a given. It's so. in the name. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's not like you're going to be like, you know, Joey Ramone. I remember him best from the other band. <laughs> other yeah, band yeah. he was in. Uh, no, but I, I do like the fact, though, that, uh, you know, the Allman Brothers were, they were well-known. They were mainly more well-known in the music industry, though. Like other artists knew knew about the Allman Brothers, like but your like it never seemed that like your average person out there really knew who the Allman Brothers were. You know they never got like the 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 big like respect that I feel that they deserved. But um, then again, I'm an Allman Brothers fan, so what are you gonna do? All right, moving on. 1965, Michael Diamond, a.k.a. Mike D. of the Beastie Boys, is born in none other than New York City. Because that's where the Beastie Boys are from, and that was to be expected. That's all I got. That's all you got? Well, I mean, it's the Beastie Boys. What else are you going to say about it? I mean, it's the Beastie Boys. Like, the guys who really combined rock and rap into one solid thing of three dudes. Doing their own thing. Do you know what Beastie stands for? I do not. I don't remember either. It's so dumb I can't remember it. That sounds about right. That yeah. sounds like something that the Beastie Boys would do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I respect them for being people who got famous when they were uh, young and ignorant. Yeah. And then had to live with it. Yeah. You know, because, like, I don't know. Have you ever talked to – have you ever, like, met someone professionally, Brian, and then, like, they're uh, – their email address is like hot toast stuff for 22 <laughs> because like they've gotten stuck with, for whatever reason with an email address, they can't change. Yeah. Anyhow, there's, there's like, there's a, there's a put locker version for programmers. Yeah. And it will not let you change your email. Whatever email address you set up is the one like you you're stuck with. So if you're, if you're a programmer, you know, this cause like you meet people and, uh, yeah, <laughs> You look at their, uh, you're like, oh, yeah, uh, good to meet you. Who do you work with? Oh, I, I work with Reese Media. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Hey, let's uh, trade info. So I'll, I'll send you those packets over. Yeah, no problem. What's your email address? It's uh, scatamancy at uh, rocketmail. <laughs> and like, yeah, and everyone did the everyone just kind of like laughs it off because they're like, yeah, I get it. You, you can't change it. You didn't think you'd become I, a programmer when you... <laughs> I, I did use the same email address for a very long time, but then I, I, I finally like got something different. So, But yeah, I didn't change it, so it, I just stopped using that previous email. Yeah. Yeah. It's still my gamer tag, though. Do you do you ever still meet people that like use Hotmail, and you're like, what are you doing? Yeah, I have a couple times. Uh, it, it always cracks me up whenever I see that one, the, the, the Hotmail address right. pop up. 
I still have an SBC Global account. <laughs> I still use that one. Jeez, you might as well just telegram somebody. All right. Well, I use the Gmail for everything else, but yeah. Uh, 1955. Yes. Let's hit a new story. After agreeing to perform the Ernie Tennessee Ernie Ford song, 16 Tons, on the Ed Sullivan Show, Bo Diddley instead played his hit song. Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley. And you know, I'm starting to think Ed Sullivan was an asshole. Maybe a bit. Either way, he got pissed. Ed Bo Diddley didn't come back on a show ever again. Yeah, that happens. Also, Bo Diddley's still like two. Is he? Is he still around? Bo Diddley's still around, isn't he? I'm pretty sure Diddley's dead. He's Diddley might be dead. Let me look it up. Anyway, he for the years, decades, he said uh, he never got paid for that appearance. Oh yeah, he died. In, he died ten years ago. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's why I missed it. Yeah. No, Bo Diddley died June second, two thousand eight, in Archer, Florida. Ah, well. Here's to you, Bo. <laughs> okay, what do we got now? The next day. Oh, we do. We do have the next day. November 21st. Fascinating. This is the one I like. All right, so uh, for birthdays, the first one we got on the list is in 1940, blues musician Dr. John is born uh, Malcolm John Rebenack Jr. in New Orleans, Louisiana. Now, some of you may be thinking, hey, Brian, who is Dr. John? Well, it's it's very simple. Dr. John is a guy who has an incredible voice. He's a talented musician, but if you hear his voice, you're like, oh, it's that guy. It's that voice that I remember. Sounds a little something like this. I've been in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. I just did the right thing, but it must have used the wrong That was Dr. John, one of my favorites from that age, one of my favorites from Louisiana, just a all-around solid dude. But you know what's funny is that I never actually paid attention to Dr. John until the movie Blues Brothers 2000. (laughs) Which is, I finally have been able to admit, it's a terrible movie. It's really bad. I skip past the story parts. Yeah. And I will like watch the the performances because the performances are good, like they, the yeah, music is yeah. solid and and always always will be. Uh, but I mean, like even when they do the uh, like the weird musical numbers that they kind of threw in there. Now I know those exist in in the original Blues Brothers, just not to that degree. But when they do that, uh, uh, oh, which what's the phone number one? Six three four five seven eight nine. Yeah. When they do that one, 
Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, this is great. Like this is amazing. Uh, so yeah, listen to the musical performances. Completely skip past the storyline because it's it's all completely stupid. But when they when they finally get down to Louisiana in there and they're playing with the Louisiana Gator Boys or playing against the Louisiana Gator Boys, and it's like the greatest lineup of musicians of all time, uh, just like all stuck together on one stage, led by BB King. I mean, that's that's when you know that <laughs> like you're <laughs> there's no chance the Blues Brothers have a win in this one. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. But Dr. John was one of like the four keyboard players or five <laughs> keyboard players they had uh, on stage at the time, including Steve Winwood, who, is, as we all know, is uh, one of our favorites around here. Uh, but yeah, it's that that last scene or that last like bit uh, on Blues Brothers 2000 is just incredible to watch that band like play that song. So I have, dig uh, it. Have you ever listened to a whole Dr. John album? Just sat down on the whole album or is he one of those guys that like i i generally will listen like a song yeah it's like and it's like oh yeah this is really good but i don't think i've never actually gone out and like got one of his albums uh his first album gris gris yeah man it's it's it is louisiana just like thrown into a box yeah and then shook up and you let blues players pick little pieces of it and put it into their instruments. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know, but it's a good it, metaphor. It, I'm loving it. it. Okay. <laughs> Please continue. How does this expand? How does it expand? I don't know. It, it expands. With, they take ah. it just like a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and then they stick it together in a little tiny box, and then that box is New Orleans. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then they go, uh-huh. And, and then uh, after the bombs have dropped and the last musician climbs out of the rubble, <laughs> in a post-apocalyptic world where only Creole can survive. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. All right, let's move on. That's enough, Doctor John. All right, yes. what do we got? Uh, well, here's what we got. I'm gonna we're gonna set up the premise. Go ahead. Uh, if you want to make it in music as a songwriter, yeah, you just have to be born on November 21st. Do you? Yes. We're only gonna really cover two of them, but uh, so saxophone player. And musician or and you know songwriter Andrew Love was born in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was basically the backbone of the Memphis Horns. Yeah, and uh, was crazy instrumental with, with uh, Stax Records. Yes, and like which, setting up Stax Records is what it became. As you know, like the Memphis sound was Stax Records. Yes, so, yeah, I mean, there's no if ands or buts about it. Like you. You cannot get uh, overstate the influence of Stax Records on the music world. Just you cannot do it. Right, hip hop would not sound what it, the way it does without having Stax Records to sample. Exactly. Too so, too many great songs came out of Stax that were then later used in rap right. songs. Speaking of which, our next birthday is David Porter, who is a songwriter born in Memphis, Tennessee, as well. Also worked with Stax Records, and he wrote like every good R&B, like the best R&B songs. Yeah. like uh, That's pretty cool, though, that they ended up being born on the same day in right. the same city. And working together at Stax Records. Yeah, Car- I wonder yeah. if it was the same hospital. <laughs> yeah, and they were switched at birth and dun, never dun, knew. Dun. Yeah. Uh, but he wrote uh, Soul Man. Uh, Holt. Sam and Dave, as we were just yeah, talking Sam about and Dave. The, the Blues Brothers movie. There, mm-hmm. They were in that one. And also Mariah Carey's Dream Lover. Yeah. And Getting Jiggy With It. 
course. I mean, why because wouldn't he write to yeah, you? Yeah, of with course, it? right? That makes but a lot of sense. But to prove my point, uh, if you want to really make it in the music industry, just be born on November 21st. Here's the other people's birthdays we're not covering. Uh, Buck Ram, yep. really early country artist. Coleman Hawks, who was Miles Davis before Miles Davis. Uh, Gene Shepard, Lonnie Jordan, and Bjork. That makes a lot of sense. It's amazing to think that all of those were born on November 21st in Memphis. I'm kidding, because Bjork wasn't born in Memphis. No, she wasn't born in Memphis. <laughs> but she might think she was. <laughs> Man, Bjork, she yeah, she's a, she's a top-notch musician. We've talked about her on, on the show here. She's actually very incredible. I don't think a lot of people give her like enough credit. So It's a complete sidetrack. Sorry. Yeah, still making music, by the way. Check out check out her Vivo. Yeah, I don't actually know if she's on Vivo, but she does have a, a an official page on YouTube. Still putting up weirdness. Of course she is. You know, like why not? Butterflies growing out of her eyes, and her butter her fingers are made of butter. All right, are you ready for some news? Yes, I am, Brian. Give it to me. Well, on November twenty first. In 1995, the Dow Jones closes above 5K for the first time, and Bill Clinton announces peace in Bosnia. Also in the news, Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day is arrested for mooning the audience during a show in Milwaukee. He pays a fine of $141.50 for indecent exposure. Also on this day, 1995, rappers Tupac Shakur and the Dog Pound get into the holiday spirit by giving out 2,000 turkeys in Los Angeles. Back to you, Jake. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> I figured why not just knock all those out since they were on the same day. But uh, I, we, do, we do have a special treat for you just because we're not going to pass up an opportunity to play something from Tupac, but we're not going to play you the standard Tupac. Oh, no. No, we're going in a completely different direction. Dig it deep. Let's see if you can name this song. Tupac, go ahead and rock this. Now I clown around when I hang around with the underground. Girls used to frown, say I'm down when I come around. Gas me, and when they pass me, they used to diss me. Harass me, but now they ask me if they can kiss me. Get some fame, people change, wanna live their life high. Same song can't go wrong if I play the nice guy. Claiming fame must have changed now that we became strong. I remain still the Why same, too? cause it's the same song. And all I is the same song. There you go. Digital Underground, the same song featuring Tupac. Boom. That's how we, we roll on this, there you go. this channel. There's your hard ass. It's Tupac. a crazy music video if yes, you guys have never seen it. It's, right. it's insane. Well, so. Okay, so you've got Tupac, who's known yes. as being like the hardest hard ass ever. Yeah, right. he's from the streets. Yeah, and now he's featuring in a song with Digital Underground, who ha- whose li- who's front man wears a fake nose. Yes, right, and does the Humpty Hump. And does the Humpty Hump. And the music video has a lot of Dan Aykroyd in it. Yeah. You know why? Because of a movie? Yeah. Have you ever seen Nothing But Trouble? I can't say that I have, actually. It's what happens if you let uh, Dan Aykroyd try and do uh, Eddie Murphy version of Nutty Professor, Mm. where he plays like every character. Yeah. But you give him too much control. Because the movie is weird and gross and has a lot of like incest references. Yeah. you, You have to see it. You have to see it. If you haven't seen Nothing But Trouble. I'll, I'll yeah. get right on that. But don't watch it sober. That's well, my advice. I'm always sober. Well, you're going to have to change that. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to handle <laughs> it. Hey, I can tolerate many mm-hmm. things, okay? I'm pretty sure I can handle and this movie. also, Brian, I've seen what happens to you and you have too much popcorn, all right? Okay. 
I start a podcast called Grab Your Popcorn. I, I don't know where I'm going with that. I don't know, but it's kind of funny that you reference that. It is. If you guys are wondering, I do a movie podcast called Grab Your Popcorn with my good friend David Kalisa. Please go check it out. I'm lying. I knew exactly what I was doing. GrabYourPopcornShow.com. We haven't put up a show this week. Sorry. We're saving that for next week because that's what we do. But yeah. I do enjoy doing that show. I also do enjoy doing this show, too. So let's go ahead and move on. Let's see. We got November 22nd. Do you want this one or do you want the next I'll one? I'll take this. You do it because I have no idea who this actually is. Oh, 1899. <laughs> band leader Hoagie Carmichael was born Howard Hoagland Carmichael in Bloomington, Indiana. That sounds exactly like a person who would mm-hmm. get the name Hoagie. I also don't know who he is, but his name is Hoagie. So I had to put it in there. Uh, he did write Georgia on my mind, though. Well, and Stardust and Heart and Soul. Yeah. And The Nearness of You. Wow. I mean, Heart and Soul is a classic song. Like, anybody who's ever played piano has eventually played <laughs> Heart and Soul. I mean, that's just that's how it works. It's also a, a movie. There's a movie called Heart and Soul starring Robert Downey Jr. Mm, yeah. Boom. Knowledge. Right there. <laughs> right. It's an okay film. It was yeah. it was uh kind of like right smack dab in the middle of his of his drug phase before the fall, mm-hmm. before the drop off into obscurity and then the rise again into Marvel awesomeness. Uh but it was like right after that. It was like he he'd done some good stuff, done some blah blah blah, did heart and soul, did a couple of things and crash, gone. He vanished off the face of the earth. And then Robert Downey Jr. was like, No, I'm not allowing that crap to happen. And he got sober, I'm pretty sure. And then I, I don't think that's how that happened. At the time, he yes. got sober. Okay. And then now he's back to acting in Marvel movies. He should never give that gig up unless they kill him. You're you're not wrong. He should you're keep really doing not Iron wrong. Man. Like yes. just bit parts, just mm-hmm. showing up at the end of films. That's all he needs. No, to do. no, keep making Iron Man movies. He could do look. He could do an Iron Man movie like an old tenured broadcaster does a baseball game yeah that's right? true where you come in and you do the first and the ninth inning that's how iron man movies should be he comes in for like three weeks of shooting he's in the first five minutes and he's in the last 15 minutes makes and sense that's the movie make that happen robert downey jr and nice next one 1950 the one and only steven van zan is born steven lento in boston massachusetts that's it. That's all I got. Do you know why he changed his name to Stephen Van Zandt? Why? Because his stepdad adopted him. Oh, makes sense. So it's not a stage name. It sounds like a stage name. Yeah, it does sound like a stage name. But now that makes sense that he would just change it after being adopted. Well, he didn't. Like, I think his, his mother did. Oh, well, then, yeah. Because, I mean, like, way. you don't adopt either yourself. Either way. But yeah. I mean, it's fine, you know. It's like, either way. Either way, he ended up Stephen Van Zandt, which is the name we all know and love. You, are you ready for news in the, huh? Yeah, 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 let's go. 2003, the Compact Center in Houston closes with its final concert by ZZ Top, who performed there when it was known as The Summit. Uh, the venue then reopens as what? Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church. Oh, Lakewood. What a place. So, uh, for those of you who may or may not remember who listen to this show... Uh, I am a uh, I, I am in my church band. 
I I play drums. I sing. I'm I'm heavily involved in in the Christian music aspect of of church, right? And Lakewood is one of these people that like I heard like one song from theirs, and I was like, okay, this it's not it's not half bad. And then like I heard more, and I'm just like, no, they're just they're cookie cutter, just stupidness. I'm sorry, but it is. Um, don't care for it. Either way, I'm glad that place went out with the ZZ Top playing that final show there, even if it did open up as Lakewood after that. Although I did hear what Lake, that place got flooded like in that last hurricane that came through uh, Texas and stuff. Uh, actually, the opposite of that. The neighborhood around it flooded out, and then they locked the doors. Oh, I see. That shows you oh. how, how much I was paying attention to Oh, yeah, to that. people got upset about that. Because, hey, here's this big, giant, empty stadium that everyone could use as a shelter. Yeah. And uh, Joel Osteen's church was like, no. <laughs> what church? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so that was it for the only news thing, right? Yeah. All right, so we got birthdays to go. I'll go ahead and do this one, just because. Why not? Uh, let's see. Happy birthday, November 23rd, 1992. Uh, Miley Cyrus is born. Uh, Destiny Hope Cyrus in Franklin, Tennessee. She is nicknamed Smiley, but it is later shortened to Miley. The reason why it got shortened to Miley was because one of her siblings couldn't actually say Smiley, and so they just kept saying Miley, and then that's how the name stuck around. Now she's, you know, still engaged to that uh, brother of Thor. So Really? Yeah. Oh, it shows you how well I keep up on that stuff. So here's the thing. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go into this now. This is this is my other side rant. Oh Lord. Okay. Okay. Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus is one of these people who could be, like, exceptionally awesome in my opinion. It's not that she's a great singer. She is. She's a good singer, and she knows how to utilize her voice in a good way. Right, it's it, Madonna, not a strong singer, utilized her voice in a, in a great way. Dylan, Dylan, well, Dylan just sang amazing songs. It didn't really matter what he sounded like, but and I'm not saying that Miley Cyrus sounds like Dylan. I'm just saying she knows how to utilize her voice to convey certain things. The thing that I think is kind of crazy is that like I listened to a song like that that came out what like last year or the year before that Malibu. And I was like, if you listen to the song, I'm like, man, this is a really, really good song. You see the music video and you're just like, this has nothing to do with the emotion that is conveyed in the song itself. And so that's like the disconnect is that the, the, the sound to the visual, there is a disconnect there. And I feel like she needs to somehow get those two merged together. Like, and then she will produce some truly amazing art that like, she has never done before. That's it. That's my rant on Miley. I don't have any hatred towards her. I got no ill will. It's like, I'm not going to be up here and be like, you know, oh, she sucks as an artist and blah, blah. She's done some weird, stupid songs. I will give her that much. Uh, but at the same time, she's also done some, some really good pop tunes. And like I said, the song Malibu is actually a really good song. It's just that the music video for it is just there. I don't get it. I mean, like I get it, but I don't get it. Like, because it didn't connect to the song, in my opinion. Hey, I I don't think you can deny that "Party in the USA" is one of the greatest pop songs ever. It is. However, it is. it's not a Miley Cyrus song. Well, no, I mean it is 
Because, I mean, she was... It? Yeah, it's a, it's not a Hannah Montana song, if that's what you were thinking. No, it is totally a Miley Cyrus song. It was one of the, the first like major hits that she actually had as Miley Cyrus. Oh, either way. Yeah, no, that one that one's actually... And, and that's a classic pop song. I mean, it's got a, a kick and course. I'm fairly certain she didn't write it. So, you know, I mean, it was somebody else. But that was that was back in the start of the Miley Cyrus thing before she chopped all her hair off and decided to go in a different direction. So I'm looking at the lyrics. And actually, I'm pretty sure. uh, Sorry. Sorry to uh, to Miley Cyrus, but I I actually believe that she did uh, lose her home in the fires that have been out there in California. One of them. Well, I'm just saying, like. I mean, still, it's it's that's not a nice thing. I mean, people, no, it's not. But it's really hard for me to like feel bad for someone who's like, Ugh, I lost my second summer home. Well, I mean, yeah, well, there's a lot of people though that I mean, that was their only home. Well, yeah, uh, fair yeah. But uh, we, a couple of things out there. Uh, one, a friend of ours, uh, a girl that we went to school with, uh, her husband actually works out there uh, at a ranch and was doing a ton of stuff to keep those animals safe and protected. And so uh, kudos to him on like working exceptionally hard to to protect these animals at this ranch. Um, conversely, on the other side of that one, to the people who left your animals behind and then were posting social media posts saying, has anybody seen this dog, blah, 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 she's our baby. I hate you because you should have taken your dog with you. I'm sorry, but that's the end of it. I'm done. That's on them. You don't leave your pets behind. I'm sorry. You just don't do that. Unless there is some sort of physical impossibility as to why you can't. Don't just say, oh, they were locked inside the house. Hopefully they'll be fine. Don't pull that crap. Grab your dog. Get them out. They're your fur child. Grab them. Oh, God. No, I'm shutting that fur child down right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I didn't listen to any of that because I was thinking what Dylan would sound like singing Wrecking Ball in my head the whole time. Dylan? Oh, Bob Dylan! <laughs> You're like, I'm not saying she sounds like Bob Dylan. Give me like wrecking ball. Say, I'll just walk away. <laughs> we'll always love you. Oh man, I would pay. I would pay to to hear Bob Dylan do a Miley Cyrus song at this point. I absolutely would. If, and yeah. if he could do Party in the USA, mm-hmm. that'd be even more brilliant. I'd pay double for that. Do if. Uh, that's one of those things. This is why I'm not an artist because I would do that shit all the time. Like pick the worst possible. Like I would do if I was Bob Dylan, I'd go out and I'd play Danger Zone. <laughs> Just, Just straight up do Danger Zone. You know, I gotta say that's actually one of the things that I like about uh, um some of the other other artists that like do covers of songs. Like they just literally will go out there and start playing somebody else's song yeah. because why not? It's like, um, uh, Springsteen will do that. Springsteen will go out there and just like start playing somebody else's song randomly, like which always amazes me that that he will do that. So I like that. I like it when people do some covers when they do them well. All right, if you're just if you're just doing a cover and you're 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 just trying to do karaoke, I hate you. Uh. If if you do like uh, Weezer's cover of Africa by Toto, I'm also not going to like that because they literally just copied the song like verbatim. They didn't change it up. They did nothing to improve upon it. 
is basically like a digital remaster of the original. And now, now you get all these kids who listen to Weezer because that song's getting a crap ton of radio play who for some reason think that Weezer wrote the song Africa when they didn't. It was Toto. I feel like I've gone on an old man rant right now and I've just realized that. So let's go ahead and get to our final thing of the show. Yeah, let's close this out on a an beautiful note. I don't I don't really Maybe. know how to put that. You, <laughs> all right. Well, 2011 on November 23rd. I don't remember this at all. ABC aired a 90-minute television special titled A Very Gaga Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's funny. See, I don't remember that at all. Really? Yeah, but then again, I don't remember much of Thanksgivings anyway because I'm usually spent like driving around and eating a massive amount of food. And then somewhere, if it's at my, like, before when it was at my parents' house, I would always watch my special Thanksgiving Day movie, which uh, was The Road Warrior. You know, Mad Max. Yes. I don't know why, but that was, you don't, my, you don't that was have, my Thanksgiving movie. You don't have to clarify to me what, I know. The, what the Road Warrior is. I know, is. but yeah. I just, I don't know why. I wasn't going to confuse every time, it with the- Every time it's like Thanksgiving rolls around, I'm just like, man, I really want to watch Mad Max for some reason. Or it's like, watch The Road Warrior. I don't want to watch Beyond Thunderdome. Like I want to watch, I want to watch Road Warrior because Road Warrior to me was the epitome of like the the awesome Mad Max movie. Thunderdome didn't go far enough. Uh, just if Thunder, if it was, look, it was a different. It was just a completely different feel. Yes, different soundtrack, but it didn't go far enough. Everything, and I was just like, uh, look. Here's the thing: if when they got, if they got to the Thunderdome, and Whitney Houston came out, and it turned into a musical, Whitney at the, Houston. Excuse me. I'm blanking too. I know Tina Turner. Tina Turner. If she came out and it turned into a musical at the Thunderdome. Yeah. And then when they left the Thunderdome and turned back into a Mad Max film, it would have been amazing. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yes, it would have. Oh, God, no. Uh Uh-huh. Recast in the middle of the movie too. Because Mel Gibson can't sing, right? Yeah, so, not that I know of. Yeah, so just somebody else takes over his role that can sing. Well, like, they just dub his voice. Mandy Patinkin. No, just, no, just he. Just, they get there, and Mandy Patinkin steps out of the car, and they're like, welcome to the Thunderdome. <laughs> it would have been amazing. Either way, Fury Road is probably my favorite Mad Max movie now, just because that was such a good movie. Either way, that's the end of our show. I know we got sidetracked a lot on this one, but I hope that people enjoyed it because, you know, I felt good rambling for a little while. Either way, folks, this has been Follow the Sound. Please find us on all of our social media sites. I'm not kidding. Please do. We will gladly interact with anybody who is on there posting things and uh, chatting with us. Uh, so go to Facebook and find us at the Follow the Sound group, or you can find us on Twitter at I Follow the Sound. Also, don't forget about going to the website at followthesoundpodcast.com and clicking on the Amazon banner, or just going to followthesoundpodcast.com slash Amazon. This has been another great episode of This Week in Music History, brought to you by Follow the Sound. I am your host, Brian Crock, and of course, along with me was Jacob Crum. Peace out. Remember, folks, if you hear it, follow the sound. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.